Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. everyone and welcome to another episode of Montessori Talks and my name is Letty Rising and I am going to be talking today about the tired teacher. So at the time of this talk it's springtime in the northern hemisphere which is where I live and springtime tends to be an extra tired time for teachers. And even if you're living in another part of the world, maybe you're in the Southern Hemisphere and you're entering into the fall months, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're less tired. There are different reasons why teachers get tired throughout the year. Sometimes it's the beginning of the year excitement. Um, sometimes it is the you're crawling towards the end of the school year and you're sort of at that point where you're ready for that completion to happen. So it doesn't take an end of the year lull for teachers to feel weary and tired and downright exhausted. So exhaustion and fatigue can be present for a variety of reasons, and they can really be felt at any time of the year. The world has become very complex and complicated in recent years, and unless you've walked a mile or two in a teacher's pair of shoes, it's hard to fully grasp all of the challenges that teachers face on a daily basis. The list is growing longer and longer as teachers are increasingly expected to take on duties that in the past were performed by parents or social service organizations even. Well, we were all hopeful and maybe perhaps even naive for how promising this school year felt. We are in a transitional period of time. The pandemic is not quite yet behind us, and yet nothing is as it was before. It's a different kind of uncertain than March 2020, but yet most of us are still waking up and noticing that we are walking on an unknown path. We're still continuously being called upon to be adaptive, flexible, and resilient. 
But there's an energy cost of having some of our life not being on autopilot with everything requiring problem solving and solution generating in such a way that makes us weary. Because it's actually really nice to have part of your life on autopilot so that you can use your brain for creative endeavors or new complex tasks. But when things are changing continuously, even the most simple things, it can be really challenging. So if we go back on the Wayback Machine, I like to call the the imaginary time machine in my mind, the Wayback Machine, some of you may have read a blog post that I wrote a while back for Trillium with my friend and colleague, Elizabeth Slade, discussing in detail the stages of disaster. And I believe at at the time of the writing of that article, we were somewhere between the honeymoon phase and the disillusionment phase. So that was written over a year ago. And if you can remember the graphic, or you can actually go over to the blog and look at the blog post called um, The Stages of Disaster. If you can imagine that graphic and think about where we are right now, we are still very much in the disillusionment phase. And you're probably wondering, why have we been stuck there so long? Well, there are some little arrows at the bottom of that graphic that show triggering events. And any kind of triggering event can prolong the disillusionment phase. When COVID receded, it was then replaced with Delta, then Omicron, and etc. It was kind of like trying to take a boat out to sea and then having the waves continuously crash at your boat, pushing you back to shore. So in our striving to get to the reconstruction phase, where we just want to rebuild our lives and start anew, we keep being propelled back into disillusionment. And it's important to note that graphics can often be simplistic representations of a much more nuanced situation. Although we can see the jagged peaks and valleys of that graphic, if we're not careful, that can be interpreted as a continuous forward movement. However, what we're not imagining is the zigzagging forward and backward that happens and that sometimes look like six steps forward, two steps back, sometimes one step forward, five steps back. Many of your school communities have flirted with the idea of reconstruction several times only to be cast back into disillusionment. Or maybe there are parts of your community that are reconstructing while others are in disillusionment. Any and all of the above can be true. So you can actually have a part of your community reconstructing and rebuilding, but then maybe another aspect of it is still in that disillusionment phase. You all have heard about the term that has been coined for people who have had COVID, but they continue to have symptoms called long-haul COVID. However, you may not have considered the long-haul emotional effects of COVID. While you may have been spared from the long-term physical effects, hardly any of us have been spared from the long-term emotional fallout. These symptoms can include stress, anxiety, fear, sadness, and loneliness. Mental health issues such as anxiety and depression can worsen. Insomnia might be a regular companion for you, and healthy nutrition and exercise might have flown out the window. 
you might be thinking, oh my goodness, it has been two years now. Why am I not over this by now? Well, for those of you who have ever lost someone to death or divorce, you know that the effects sometimes don't hit you until much later, when in fact everything on the surface might seem better, and yet the grief often remains much longer than you wish. Experiencing long-haul emotional COVID lends itself to an unbalanced mental health state that can be debilitating. And yet the casual observer might have to reach deeply to find empathy for a condition that may not have any observable physical symptoms. And so that's why a lot of people are like, why aren't we over this yet? Or why can't you be over this yet? There has been a big world event that is affecting everyone's lives that is actually probably contributing to this long-haul emotional COVID because we could look at it as a triggering event. And that is the current unrest in the area known as Ukraine. Maria Montessori had a lot to say about war. And in fact, many of her publications mention the challenges of war. She in fact lived through both world wars, various revolutions, as well as fascist and totalitarian governments. Dr. Montessori dedicated her entire life to education and children to bring about a more peaceful future. As a friend and colleague of mine, Margaret Whitley, mentioned the other day, it is a sad day that 70 years after her death, her fight for an education that brings about peace is still in its infancy while the people of Ukraine and the world is brought to their knees with war. The conflict between Russia and Ukraine is still early. We don't know what the impact will be, both abroad and at home. As Maria Montessori did such a wonderful job pointing out how all of life is interconnected, we can look to the suffering of our fellow humans abroad and feel empathy for the suffering that they endure. The work of empathy is not passive work, it is active work, and there's often no rest for the weary. There's often a misalignment between what students, teachers, and school leaders need and what they are expected to do. This is especially true during this aftermath of COVID when everybody is trying to get back to normal and catch the children up and so and so. Now that everyone is back into the swing of things, the time is ticking for us to not only get over the past couple of years, quote unquote, and learn how to deal with the news we hear from around the world, but time is also ticking to, quote unquote, make up for lost time when it comes to perceived learning loss. What educators often got instead of tangible support were additional mandates and directives regarding what they need to do better and faster and an implicit expectation to erase the past two years and pretend as if they did not exist. However, educators have expressed a longing for something entirely different, something that very few likely got, and that is space and time to focus on the mental, social, and emotional well-being of the community before having to address academic milestones, helping their students regain emotional fluency, executive functioning, and social adeptness are what teachers wish they had more time to do. 
And I've talked to a lot of teachers. I was recently at a regional or I should say a national Montessori conference, the AMS conference. And I heard time and time again from teachers, school leaders, and administrators alike that we want the children to have more time for these things, but it isn't necessarily being provided for a variety of reasons. A lot of these things that we wish that they could do more of develop naturally through chosen work with others and through play. And these two things that were in short supply for a significant length of time are still something that we don't always have or provide the time for. The two years of uncertainty combined with rapid pivoting and adapting all the while not having time or opportunity to address the non-academic needs of their students has caused many a teacher to wave the white flag of surrender. So what can we do about this? There have been lots of pushback on the idea of self-care because although on the surface, it seems a genuine solution, it can also put the onus on the teacher to make things better for themselves without taking into consideration other obstacles that are societal and or systemic in nature. However, as with many things, it doesn't have to be an either or situation. We can continue to strive to make the school setting a better place for educators while also recognizing that desiring systemic change should not be used as a reason to avoid engaging in acts of self-care. Taking responsibility to care for ourselves to the best of our ability helps us joyfully show up to this work. Tending to our mind, body, and spirit is essential because emotional long-haul COVID can be as weary on the soul as physical long-haul COVID can be on the body. And just as some people are more susceptible to developing physical symptoms from COVID, others are more susceptible to the emotional fallout of having been in a pandemic. So take care of yourself with rest, sleep, food, movement, creativity, and time with loved ones. And if you're not one of those people who has been experiencing the emotional fallout of COVID, the emotional long-haul symptoms, then you want to make sure that you are giving some empathy and consideration for colleagues or coworkers or people you supervise who may be in real difficult, extreme times of emotional long-haul COVID. It's hard to imagine that one teacher or even a group of teachers can change the entire system. However, if you have an idea on how your workplace can be better, it is always worth asking, engaging in respectful dialogue, asking questions like, is there another way, can help advance initiatives that can be beneficial for entire school communities. So if you've been listening to this, there's a good chance that you might be a tired teacher. It's okay to be tired. The emotional long-haul effects of COVID are going to last for many of us for a long time to come. It may be months or even years after the pandemic ends that we are still feeling its effects. And combine this with navigating the current world events and disruptions overseas The effects are bound to last even longer. Take action where you can 
whether it be in your personal life or through areas where you can affect social and societal change. And also giving yourself the time and space to rest and rejuvenate where you can so that you don't lose yourself in the shuffle of life and find yourself untethered without an anchor. Our anchors are the things that ground us when life is challenging. Identify your anchors, whether it be hiking, painting, journaling, or long hot showers, my personal favorite. These go-tos will help you weather the effects of long-haul emotional COVID. And hopefully, just like with physical COVID, we are getting to the place where we are learning to live with it and mitigate our risk and work through life the best that we can. We are also getting to that place where we are able to handle the emotional pieces that are a little bit harder than what we've had to deal with in the past. And we are becoming resilient and able to work through the challenges with dignity and grace. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trilliummontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.